Well, hi, welcome to The Christian Contrast, where we talk about how walking with Jesus leads us to live differently than those in the world around us. So a solo episode this time, and it's about work. Work, something that we all do, something that a lot of us want to do less of, we struggle with it, sometimes we try to avoid it. We're gonna talk about work, and one of the main things that I wanna be able to communicate in this episode is that work is something that's good, and work is something that we should be working harder to make better than it is right now. And part of the reason why I wanna emphasize the idea that work is good is because I think just even using the word right now, many of us, Instantly, what comes into our minds is something that's, it's like a necessary evil. Like we need to work in order to pay the bills. We need to work because the lawn has, has overgrown again. We, we need to do work because it kind of just needs to be done, but it's not something that we want to do. In fact, one of the phrases that's come around in our culture, I, I don't know if it's over the past 10 years or so, but is that people will say, um, find a job that you love and you will never work a day in your life. In, or, in order to understand this, the idea is that the goal should be that you never work a day in your life. Try to find a scenario in which you will never work a day in your life. This is a terrible saying. Not because I, I understand the idea that if you have a job that you love, it, it doesn't feel as, as soul crushing to go and do it, but I have a job that I love. I would not trade my job for any other job that I can think of. And my job is definitely work. And I don't just mean that in, in the idea that I put forth labor in it, but there are parts of my job that I don't wanna do, that I, I don't enjoy doing, but it needs to be done. Work is not something that's meant to be avoided. Work is a good gift that God gave us. In fact, work existed before Adam and Eve sinned. Sometimes we can think, well, well, work didn't come into place until Adam and Eve sinned because God talks about the whole idea that, you know, by the thread of your brow, you'll, you'll bring forth food or by, by the sweat of your brow, you'll bring forth um, food and it's gonna be frustrating and difficult. And that's true that the change was not that before the fall, Adam and Eve were just sitting around putting their feet up and then afterwards they were working. The idea was that they were working before the fall, but afterwards work was frustrating and the effort that you put in did not necessarily mean that that's what the result was. Afterwards, work became frustrating. But when God made Adam and Eve, he put them in the garden to keep the garden, to subject creation, to to rule over it and to take care of the land and even to fill it up with people. Work is what we were created to do. Work is what Adam and Eve were created to do. In fact, think about this. Um, it, it, there's always debate about exactly what it means that we were made in the image of God, as opposed to all of the animals. But what, what is unique about human beings and that we bear God's image? Uh, I think one of the things that we can point to is that God is a creator. He is the creator. He literally made something out of nothing. He brought order from chaos. We as human beings, when we work, we are bringing order from chaos. And when we do that, we are reflecting the image of God in all of us. We were made to work and we were made to show off God, that's part of what it means to be created in his image, by bringing order to creation 
even though sometimes it's chaotic. Work is good. In fact, there's a story in John 4, a famous story, where Jesus um, has this long conversation with a Samaritan woman at the well. It's, it's a story that's used to um, sort of model a one-on-one evangelism and, and even how to sort of get into somebody's world and contextualize yourself. It's this great, beautiful passage. Jesus talks to her about living water. One of the things that strikes me, some of the most interesting things to me about that passage are actually before um, the woman shows up and after she leaves. Um, because before she shows up, we get insight into Jesus' state of mind or even state of the body when this happens. And that's that if you go back and look in John chapter 4, verses 6, 7, and 8, you find out that uh, Jesus was sitting at the well, he was tired, and he was hungry. He was tired, and his disciples had gone to get food. So he's tired and hungry. When I'm tired and hungry, I'm not a great person to be around. But in that state, Jesus talks with this woman and he, he's, he's working, he's laboring, he's making a connection with her. He's talking about the living water that he has to offer and that he is that living water. He talks to her about worship and he answers her questions and he has special insight into her. He has this whole entire conversation while he's tired and hungry. And the real insight into the idea of work comes afterwards. Because after the woman leaves, the disciples get back. They've brought food. Remember, the whole thing for them was, we're going to get food. We came back with the food. So they say, Rabbi, eat some food. Jesus says to them, I have food that you don't know about. And as usual, they don't get it. They're like, what what does he mean? Who gave him food? Why did we go to get him food when somebody else gave him food? They don't understand what he's saying. And then Jesus says this in John 4, 34. He says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. My food, I am fueled, I am invigorated by doing the will of the one who sent me and finishing his work. Jesus says, I am more fueled by doing the will of my father than by eating bread and fishes and whatever else they might have brought for him to have there. And and Jesus isn't saying he doesn't need food. We all need food. What he's saying is there's something else. There's something more invigorating, and it is work. It is to do the work set before him. I think we've all experienced this before where Um, You can have an entire day where you lay around and you just veg out and you do nothing and you're more tired than when you started. You're like, I started this day tired, so I did nothing and I thought I'd be refreshed. I'm not refreshed. I'm like, I'm more lethargic. I can barely move now. Whereas there are other times that we get up and we do something active and whether it's a hike or a bike ride or some kind of exercise or just we get going with different work and we we do feel like we've expended energy, but we're more invigorated. We're more excited because there's work that we were created to do that we are doing. And the more that we learn our, our spiritual gifts and the opportunities that God has given us, the more we're in tune with the work that he's given us to do. And so I, I, I wanna talk now about work and this is broader than just the jobs that we have. 
but a lot of it is going to apply to the jobs that we have, but it's gonna be the work that God has set before us. So sometimes that is the job that he's given us to do. Sometimes that's the schoolwork that he's given us to do. Sometimes that's the jobs that he's given us to do as husbands and wives and moms and dads and, and aunts and uncles and as friends and as a, adult children, all these sorts of things, the work that God has set before us. And I have three things to say about how we approach the work that God has set before us. Um, the first is this, choose meaningful work. We have some choices over the kind of work that we do, choose meaningful work. Now, this is easy to misunderstand because we live in a culture now that, that basically gives us the idea that unless we are doing our dream job, we should be on the path to doing our dream job. And that's actually not what I mean at all. Um, some of us end up in positions where we do get to do the job that we, we always wanted to do. So some people always wanted to be a professional athlete, they get to be a professional athlete. Some people always wanted to be a firefighter and they end up getting to be a firefighter or a, a singer or a small business owner. So it, yeah, sometimes it happens. It's, it's not wrong to pursue something like that. But over the course of human history, very few people have been doing anything that they would remotely call a dream job. And even this, I love getting to pastor. I love getting to do this. This was not my dream job when I was growing up. It, it's a job that I'm so glad that I get to do. So, so I'm not saying, hey, only do a job if it instantly strikes you as meaningful. What I mean is choose work that is meaningful and really this is most work. This is most jobs. If you are a garbage collector, you could be like, well, I don't wanna do that. I wanna do a meaningful job. Do you know what our lives would be like if we didn't have garbage collectors? If we, how many more diseases would be rampant in the United States if we didn't have people doing this? That is meaningful work. What is not meaningful is doing work just because we're chasing money or just because we're chasing status. Doing the work and believing that the work is meaningful because most work is meaningful uh, unless it's corrupt, unless it's super greedy, unless it's something illegal or unethical, that there are certain things that we should stay away from, even if you're like, hey, I need to provide for my family. All right, you need to provide for your family. But if you're involved, even for me, I'm, I'm so glad that I'm, I'm not in sales. I would be a terrible salesman. Um, and part of that is that I, I have just a like a gag reflex going on with the idea of trying to convince somebody to buy something that they don't need. Now, there are plenty of products that are totally fine, but so much of being a salesperson, and this happens even more in the multi-level marketing, is trying to convince people and sometimes trying to really persuade and even manipulate people to buy things that they really don't need. That's work, if that's what we're doing, that's not terribly meaningful. It might be bringing in a paycheck but it's just us trying to get that paycheck and at the expense of someone else. So when I say choose work that is meaningful, what I'm mainly saying is as far as our jobs, as far as the work that we do, um, avoid jobs that are manipulative, that are unethical, that are all about the money. 
and then with activities that might be just outside our formal jobs. It, there's nothing wrong with recreation and there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I have a, a free day, so I'm going to go golfing or I have some extra money, so I'm, I'm going to go get my nails done or something like that. that. That's all fine. It's all fine to do that. But if that is the extent of our chosen activities, we're not choosing meaningful work. We can choose work that actually has a positive impact on the world that actually brings order out of the chaos that sometimes seems to be going on around us. So number one, choose meaningful work. And number two, to flip it around is, choose to make your work meaningful. If we are bringing order out of chaos, then there's a way that we can do this in almost every job that we have. If you are working at a restaurant, you could say, well, I'm just working at a restaurant. You are helping to bring together different foods and different flavors, if, if you're a chef, if you're a cook, in order to create a meal that's beautiful and that's healthy and that, that's joyful to take in. If you are serving that meal, you're looking to navigate within the, the chaos of a family that has all sorts of different desires and expectations and the chaos of what's going on in the restaurant and to help keep all of those things in order in, in order to facilitate a, a family or a group of people having a time together that's deeply meaningful to them. You are bringing order out of chaos. If you are involved in music in any way, this is what happens with music. This is what happens with storytelling. If you're a teacher, this is certainly what happens with teaching. If you're a mom or you're a dad, the work that you do as a mom or a dad is not just sort of biding time until your kids go to bed so that you can watch some TV. It is taking young people whose lives and desires and impulses are chaotic and are disordered and helping to bring order to that person. So, so on the one hand, I think it is significant for us to say, all right, what, what are my chosen activities and what is my chosen career if I have a career? And is that something that's meaningful? Now, we, we need not, to not have this crazy high bar for what we consider meaningful, but just to say, all right, what, what is meaningful about this? And then we need to look at our work and we need to approach our work in a way that we are seeing the way that it's meaningful and then doing that work with joy and with the strength that God provides. And so really, for, for a number of you listening, the best thing that might come from listening to this episode would be just for you to take a little bit of time and think about the work that you do whether it's your formal job or whether it's just work that you're doing as far as activities for your family, for your church, for your community, and back up and get a bigger picture of what's involved in this. Um, for our church, I get a lot of attention because I'm frequently the one that's up front giving the sermons and people can see a bit more clearly how that's work for God. But so many things go on behind the scenes, especially on a Sunday morning to make that happen, whether it's the people who are running slides or the people who are running tech, people who are setting up the worship center, all of that is bringing order to a chaotic situation and a whole bunch of things have to happen for us to be able to have a time together where we have musicians leading us and bringing our hearts before Jesus and worship, where we have other elements of the service, whether it's prayer, or whether it's video, and then when, we're, when we have a sermon where we're looking to, to bring a passage, and the passage isn't chaotic, but we're looking to bring order and meaning out of something that we're not necessarily noticing it right off 
off the bat, there's a whole bunch of work that gets going. So it might be a little bit easier for me to say, I get how my work is meaningful. Take just a little bit of time and notice, because for, in most cases, it's, it's going to be noticing that your work is meaningful and it's gonna change your perspective and your attitude toward it. So choose work that is meaningful um, and then make the work that you have meaningful or notice the way that it's meaningful. And finally, the third thing that I wanna say is um, be more about the work than the job. Um, so I, I'm 45 right now, but I've seen people who've gone in the generation before me move from working a job into retirement. I've seen some people do it really well, and I've seen some people not do it so well. Uh, and the people who have not done it so well have been people who it's, it's not so much that they were tied to the work, but it's that they were tied to the title. They were tied to the job. They were tied, and this happens with pastors also, they were tired to people calling them pastor. I remember that this was a number of years ago, um, talking to somebody who had been a pastor and then was no longer a pastor. He was in retirement, and he, he kept talking about the idea that his calling was gone. He had lost his calling. And this was so sad to me because consistent opportunities were open to him in order to shepherd people but because he wasn't called pastor, it didn't seem to count to him. On, on the other hand, I've seen some other people do this so well. I got to see my dad a number of years ago do this really well, where he worked and was very successful in business, and then he retired from that work, and then he did more work. And the work that he did had to do with serving at the church that we were a part of, and then ultimately it had to do with some nonprofits that he was involved with. He has done meaningful work. He hasn't had a formal job in quite a while. Those of you that are part of LBF Church, you got to see our former lead pastor, Gary, do this, where he no longer has the job of pastor at our church, but he is doing meaningful work shepherding other pastors using his gifts. Here's my point. Sometimes we're going to be in a position where we have a formal title, where we have a formal position and a formal job, and that's great. Sometimes that is helpful for us doing the work that God has called us to do. That's not going to last forever. When we are out of a position where we have a formal title, that doesn't mean that we can't still do the work that God has called us to do. And in fact, when people come to me and they say, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if God has called me to go into ministry or go to seminary, what do you think of this? One of the first things that I tell them is, we'll start doing now what you feel like maybe God has called you to do. Like if you feel like God has called you to, to men's ministry, start doing men's ministry. You don't have to wait for a title. You don't have to be a pastor in order to be involved in this. If you feel like God has maybe called you to be a worship pastor, start getting into worship leading. Start, start figuring out how you can do that. With everything that God has called us to do, there are ways to do it without a formal title without a formal position. So whether it's that we're wrestling this when we're moving from working years into retirement years, or even if it has to do with an activity at a church or at an organization where you're saying, well, I, I wish I had this position because then I could really do what I've been called to do. Look to do the work. Focus on the work God has called you to do 
rather than just a job that you might end up doing for a segment of time. God has called us to work. We're made for work. We should long to do meaningful work. And the good news is most of the work that's out there to be done is meaningful work in some way. So choose work that's meaningful, make the work that you're doing meaningful, and don't get stuck on titles. Be more about the work than about the job. I've been excited about talking about this. It's something that I've been thinking about a lot in my life, and I hope that you can find ways that this plays into where you're at right now in life. If you have feedback or if you have comments about this, I would love to hear them. If you have questions about maybe a specific kind of work that you're doing and how to make that meaningful, I'd love to interact with that and maybe help to give some ideas. And so you can leave comments on this video. We post all the videos um, of the Christian Contrast podcast, both on our YouTube page for Life Bible Fellowship Church and also at our website, lbf.church. So you can find back episodes because we put out new episodes every two weeks. Um, I'll be back in two weeks with another episode of the Christian Contrast. Until then, thanks so much for taking the time to listen.